You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Drinks with Johnny podcast. Thanks for being here with us. Man, it was a crazy weekend, to say the least. But today, we're going to focus on something great that happened this weekend, which was the All Elite Wrestling pay-per-view Forbidden Door that I got to watch last night. A great, great night of wrestling. Uh, These guys put on a hell of a show. It looked like Adam Cole at some point might have gotten injured, but he was able to walk out on his own accord. So hopefully that's not too serious of an injury. I haven't followed up on the news yet. So uh, again, I just hope that that, uh, that he's doing okay. There was also just some fantastic wrestling inside and out. I mean, uh, some friends of the show got some great victories. Uh, the Bastard Pack became the first All-Atlantic champion. Uh, congratulations to him. John Moxley is now the interim AEW champion. I mean, so many other things. I mean, probably my favorite match of the night was with Orange Cassidy and Osprey. That was just an insane match. Like, just so many great spots over and over again. Uh, it's been an amazing time to be a wrestling fan with this whole Forbidden Door thing getting opened up by AEW. Uh, oh, and I, how could I forget that Claudio Castanelli and AKA Cesaro, uh, I hope I said his real name correctly, is now All Elite. That was a huge shocker. Um, everything's setting up for the Blood and Guts uh, TBS show coming this Wednesday. Going to be amazing to watch. And of course, earlier in the night, my guests this week, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland, were able to get a victory and get on the same page. Because since we recorded this episode last month in Las Vegas, it seemed like uh, the two of them weren't really getting along too well for a minute there. It looks like they're getting back on the same page. I'm going to make a follow-up call to Keith later on this week and uh, see where that's where that's at, where their uh, friendship is, where their uh, partnership is as a tag team, all that fun stuff. But going back to this episode, we recorded it a month ago while we were out in Las Vegas for the Double or Nothing pay-per-view, and I had an absolute blast getting to know Keith. Uh, from every Everything from his childhood, becoming an athlete uh, after his mom didn't want him to do it, but he moved in with his dad and was able to start playing football in high school and college. Uh, just the pure strength and size of the man and his agility. And moreover than all of that, he is just a good dude with a great aura. And I had an absolute blast just having a chat and having a laugh with him. In fact, after we filmed this episode, I gave him a ride back to the hotel from our Airbnb. And uh, we got a little bit lost on the way. We put the wrong address in. I say we because I'm not taking the full credit here, Keith. And uh, <laughs> we, we actually, it was, it was a good thing because it took us an extra 15, 20 minutes out of the way. And I got to just sit in the car with Keith, just the two of us. No cameras, no, nothing recording, anything like that. And got to know him even better. Uh, he is such a kind person. And I am so happy to now be able to call him a friend. He, I mean, just knowing how, how good of a person he is, let's just say last weekend or wh- uh, however long ago it was, on Father's Day, he sent me a text, which was really sweet. 
and uh, we've been texting back and forth ever since and uh, I couldn't be happier to call this man a friend I had a great conversation with him so without further ado I bring you my chat with Keith Lee Hello, everyone, and welcome to Drinks with Johnny. We're here from Vegas for the Double or Nothing AEW events. Today, I'm super stoked. I am joined by Limitless, let us bask in his glory, Keith Lee. How are you today, man? Greetings and salutations. Greetings and salutations. <laughs> super honored to be here. In case you guys don't know, I'm a big event sevenfold fan. Oh, is so. that right? Oh, yeah, big time. <laughs> so, uh, what are we talking about? I didn't even, I, well, let's start right there. I, didn't, I had no idea. I've been a fan of you. Oh, Watching you wrestle, man. So I appreciate that. Like, when I heard about this, um, some of you guys know about my music affinity, but um, the guy didn't finish the question. <laughs> he's like, are you interested in, he's associated with, and I'm like, yes, yes, and yes. Stop. <laughs> Let's just go. Like, That's awesome, man. Yeah, man. Lot, lot, lot of tracks from that band. So Awesome, man. Well, that's fucking, that's great, man. So you talk about your affinity to music. We were just, before the cameras rolled, last night you were at the uh, charity karaoke, singing a little Turn the Page. Yeah, that's uh... You can carry it too, man. I mean, I know I only got it on Twitter. I wasn't there in, in person, unfortunately, but uh, how, how did you feel about your performance? Uh, it was actually not good, in my opinion. <laughs> um, but, you know, when, you, when you're like, you're dehydrated and a little cotton mouth and... Uh, all that stuff. I didn't feel like I hit every note cleanly, but... Uh, we didn't have a chance to warm up the pipes. The yeah, acoustics in the room were all wrong. It's all wrong. And I, <laughs> I couldn't really hear myself. Let's just... All right? I, I didn't hear myself very clearly. Well, so. you know, you don't. it's not like you have any monitors for karaoke or anything. None of that. Right. None of that. But it was a blast, man. Like, the fans were having a good time, and a lot of the, the roster was just going wild on stage, and we got some real performers. I didn't really understand that some of the people have the voices that they have and some of them have the performance level on stage. I mean, you'd expect it being wrestlers, but right. in terms of like performing a song, this is a different energy. So it was really cool. Yeah. Really awesome. What was the charity for? So uh, it is, I'd have to go pull it up actually for you, but um, uh, God, I kind of want to pull it up now. Pull it up. We got time. Let's see here. <laughs> Yeah, the details in there. I was like, I just want to be a part of it. Whatever. Yeah, it is, no. It's, it's I mean, either good. way, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fun, right? Yeah. Um, let me go back to my email. I heard about it because I was texting with Darby on Wednesday night, and he said he was gonna go there, but he didn't end up making it. He did not. But that was all right, though. There was a lot of a lot of people there performing and and having fun and drinking. You know. Is that is that where your cotton mouth and dryness came in? Were you were you uh, partaking? I, I, or? I did have a drink, and I think that that set me up because when I drink, it definitely like dehydrates me really quick. Maybe because I don't drink that often. I don't know. What was, what's your drink of choice? What did you have? Uh, that night, I really didn't pick a specific thing. I just said, "Hey, uh, take some." Was it? It was either vodka or rum, and make me something sweet because that's kind of my preference. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the taste of alcohol, <laughs> so I usually drink something fruity. Don't judge me. I, I know. I mean, I, I don't think anyone's going to give you too much shit. <laughs> but yeah, it was a blast, man. Too much fun. I got to pull this up, though. I really got to find it. We can just put it in post later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Otherwise, I'll be sitting here forever. We could also do the, the old kung fu style that we've done before where you just mouth it and then we'll overdub. 
a bad a bad a bad overdub on it. That's always fun. We'll come back to it. We'll, we'll, put, it in the, we'll put it in the description. How about the description down below? If you're listening to this and not watching on YouTube, go watch it on YouTube. You can find it in the description there. there but can we put the description in the podcast? Is there a description in podcast? Great. Cool, man. I'm What's sorry, in the description? Guys. I wasn't prepared. It's a beautiful charity helping people or dogs or cats. I think it was children, actually. Children. That's a good one. That's a good one to be helping. Yeah, you got any kids? I have zero, man. Zero kids. Uh, there is a, a plan in motion. Um, uh, but it's going to take some time because uh, my, my wife, who's probably going to kill me because uh, I put lotion on and didn't put my ring back on oh. before I left the room. But uh, don't German suplex me, dear. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> um, you know, she's, she's having fun at Impact right now and, and kind of wants to end her time in wrestling there. And whatever that time frame may be, I'm just going to support her in that. And after that time is done... There'll be some plans in motion. I like that, man. Yeah. You, so that's that's great. Um, I also don't wear my ring, but like it's okay. I mean, you probably wear it usually, right? And it's, it's because I switch so many. So I have yeah. one that I wear for like in ring, and I keep that in my bag at all times. And I have one that I wear for traveling, and then my real one, uh, my main band, I keep at home when I'm traveling because I'm afraid of losing it. Which, uh, are they all the same uh, material, or? Uh, no, the, um, the main band is like a black titanium type okay. of material. Yeah, I know, I think I know, that, like tungsten or something like that, or I titanium? Is it titanium for sure? titanium. Titanium. Um, and then I, I think that the, the one I travel with is just a silicone band, and the one I wrestle with is a very special one because it's uh, Star Wars. So oh, shit. and that's important. So, <laughs> <laughs> I did see that you're you're a pretty big Star Wars fan, huh? Dude, I'm just an all around nerd that can do unexpected things. Yeah, <laughs> Star Wars, like a Jedi anime. or definitely or dark Sith. side. Sith. Yeah, Sith, Sith okay. for sure. Yeah, I literally have the Sith, like the code in my in my office. What is the code? <laughs> <laughs> Peace is a lie. There is only passion. Through passion, I gain strength. Through strength, I gain victory. Through victory, my bonds are broken. The force shall free me. I just learned something new today. Have you been watching Obi-Wan yet? No, I heard it came out and uh, <laughs> I got excited yesterday, but because uh, I waited all day and I, I trained, of course, and Went to the, the thing. I went there early as well. Too early. I, I, <laughs> I didn't end up singing until like almost 9 o'clock last night, but I was there at like 6.40. Oh, shit. I was like, all right, I'm just going to sit back here. Because <laughs> they had us kind of tucked away. And uh, yeah, I was there early as well. But uh, one of these times, like I have my laptop queued up. And probably won't get it after this, but maybe this evening or tonight. It's like a like a getting ready get get you ready for the pay per view tomorrow. Yes. <laughs> get you in the mood. Did you bring your lightsaber with you? I did not. I don't travel with it because uh, I'm a big black guy and <laughs> it's too easy in case to you didn't know. It's too easy to get in trouble these days, guys. <laughs> Man. I mean, I guess that's just the truth. <laughs> we gotta, you know, we gotta we gotta uh, kind of low profile, low profile. <laughs> yeah. So my nephews have these ones that they went to Disneyland and got like these legit ones made where you could like cut like, I don't know, they, my nephews are really into it. 
Mm. And uh, they're, they showed it to me and explained to me why these ones were like 200 plus dollars or something like that. Do you have a lightsaber like that? You have one of those, you have two of them. I will be getting more. Now, do you have a Sith and a Jedi one? Do you have a, do you have a Darth Maul uh, double-edged? I do not have a Darth a double-edged one, but I'll tell you this, um, and this is really interesting because Mia is not a Star Wars fan, but she uh, took one for the team and accompanied me uh, to Galaxy's Edge, and she has the Jedi version of the lightsaber, and I have a Sith version but they have so many different handles and crystals and stuff that it's it's really like it's way more involved than I thought it was. Right. It's really cool. Yeah, I was I mean, look, I love Star Wars. I don't have any of the stuff, you know, but I Good love man. the movies. Good man. I love the movies. Like I, I the only thing I'm bummed about like you, my wife is not into the Star Wars at all. And my son's 5, I keep trying to get him to to watch him <laughs> with me. And I'm like, come on, man. He's like, he's all, oh, he loves Baby Yoda. So ah. I tried to get him to Mandalorian, and it was too slow for him. He's only five. Yeah, of course. And I'm like, all right, well, let's try, let's try like Star Wars Lego Edition because he's really into Legos. Yeah. So um, I think that's where I'm going to have to keep on with that. Take your parenting cues from this, people. All of my parenting kids. <laughs> I don't know what the rest are. Disclaimer. Disclaimer. Well, once you once you get that plan in motion, you can come back to me. And we'll have a we'll have a conversation about oh, it. Oh, I'm yeah. interested now. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it, man. Heck yeah. So back to the rings, real quick. I want to share a fun story that some of the people at home already know. I don't wear my ring. I've been married coming up on ten years now. Congrats, man. I thank you. I have lost my rings. Several times, like you, like you say, you were afraid of. Have you actually lost them though, or are you just afraid I, I, to lose? So, <laughs> we're gonna segue off of your story. Hold, hold that thought though. <laughs> the day I got married, I lost my wedding ring. The day of. So, at the reception, um, I forget what was happening, but me and one of my groomsmen um, and a couple others, I don't know what happened, but we all decided to go to the bathroom together. And this wasn't part of the bachelor party? Reception. This was after the ceremony. We're all drinking and eating, and then, and then it was just a boy's night in the bathroom for some reason. So I, I can think of a few reasons why you'd be in the bathroom. <laughs> so, so now that we passed the awkward moment, one of the guys was struggling with his tie, right? Mm -hmm. And I helped him get it off, but I couldn't for some reasons. Like I, I didn't know how to function with a ring on, so I took it off. And I'm like, "Yeah, I got you, man." So I'm like getting through this thing. I help him get it off, fix his collar. I'm like, "All right, you're straight," because he's a uh, he's, he's a bit of a pretty boy. Uh, some of you know my best friend J.D. Griffey. He's a bit of a pretty boy. So I helped him out, got him straight. I'm like, cool, everything's done, we're laughing. I don't know what we're laughing at. And then I just walk out of the bathroom. And left it there. Set it on the Kleenex box, I knew that for certain. Walked out of the bathroom, I'm talking like 90 minutes later, I'm like. <laughs> so I go find him because I don't want to get in trouble and I don't want to cause a panic. I go find him and we go back to the bathroom, it is not there. Now the panic has set in. Oh, yeah. So my father and father-in-law are outside the bathroom conversing about something. And I'm like, hey, guys, we got a situation. And I tell them, they're like, 
oh shit, <laughs> you in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, cool, thanks. I appreciate the support. Like, yeah. like I didn't already know that. <laughs> I think so. You gonna help me or what? <laughs> so, lo and behold, I don't. Somebody like somebody up there smiled down on me because the lady that um, was doing like handling anything we needed, like running for us and stuff, happened to come out and was like, "Hey, is there a problem?" And I'm like, um, "A bit." I may or may not have lost my ring and don't want to tell my wife that I lost it the same day we got married. She disappears and like we're out there talking, like trying to figure out where could it be here, could it be there. She walks out and she's like, I've come to save you. And I'm just like, ah. She saved my life that day. Yeah. I'm certain of it. So yeah, I lost it immediately and I've lost one of the silicone bands already. So I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to travel with it. Yeah. Now, back to your funny story. Well, yeah, I, I, I did want to ask, did you tell uh, your wife, Mia, about- I, I did, I like, did tell her. While it was lost, or did after, you wait? After, after you recovered. I know how this smart thing man, works. Smart man. <laughs> Have you seen those drop kicks she throws? The big kicks in the face, like, or the chops she throws? No, I'm good. I'll yeah. tell you after I've already fixed the problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm, smart I'm, man. I'm intelligent. You, you, learned, you learned on day one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So my, my rings, I've lost, um, oh man, I actually don't even know how many at this point. Um, a couple of them have been in strip clubs. Uh, <laughs> That's great. Uh, a couple of them have just been in like pools and random stuff, just taking them off, like you said, just wash your hands, send them down, forget about it, blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Uh, to the point where several of them, we actually had engraved on the inside things like, don't lose this one. Um, uh, I, I, don't, I don't remember a couple this of the other legendary. ones. legendary. Yeah, well, my wife like, thinks it's funny, but she's also like, each time I lose one of my bands, she's like, well, I get to add another band to my rings. <laughs> I'm like, that doesn't make sense. We're sharing our money. You're just making us spend more money. <laughs> so then I just started, I just like, I got a white gold band and uh, the jeweler in, uh, that's down the street from my house, uh, he became friendly because I was in there so often. I bet. And he's like, hey, next time you don't have to tell your wife, here's your, here's your real band, your white gold one. Here's a sterling one. If you, if you lose this one again, hang on to that and just come back and see me. <laughs> <laughs> got a backup plan. I've got a backup plan. But now I've, I've had it off for so long, I just forget to put it back on, to be honest. I get that. I get that, because I'm not a jewelry person, so I often forget mine. But um, I'm, 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 I am compelled to think that her ideal of you losing a band and her gaining one is a punishment for you. It is. That's the idea behind it, but I'm also like, it's a punishment for both of us. It's not like we have separate accounts or anything like I that. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I don't know if she's thinking this punishment through, guys. I think she just wants more jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to point that out. He said it, all right? He said it, not me. <laughs> so how long did you get married, man? Dude, just in February. Just in February. Wow, yeah, congratulations. Really? So it's interesting because um, in, in February it was really wild, so... We got married on the 5th. Okay. I started in AEW on the 9th. And then the following week, on the 15th, we then drove 24 hours to move to Texas. So just that week alone was bananas. And then obviously just getting back to work because I took that next week off to move, but recorded some stuff so that I'm not missing in mm -hmm. action. But um, yeah. Only been a few months so far. Wow. Yeah. And how long have you, how long were you guys dating before? 
About three years. Okay. Yeah. So it's not, you guys living together or more, more traditional? Uh, we started living together late last year. Okay. Uh, or late 2020, rather. So you, you didn't want any surprises? No surprises. <laughs> uh, I need to know what's going on before we make that move. Like, are we going to be okay? Are we going to coexist? Can I handle you and the smell of your dog, uh, you know, in the house? And, you know, I managed. I managed. managed. I made it through. I got a sensitive nose, guys. I like, uh, yeah. So that fish sauce I, I had you smell oh, from last It was brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, yeah, try this. Smell this fish sauce I took a shot of. And I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> I'm taking fish oil. I'm no, no big deal. Smelled that shit. I was like, oh, play it off. Play it was it not off. pleasant. That they was, didn't know yeah. what I was I didn't actually know. feeling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if a dog, what kind of dog are we talking here? He's an English bulldog. English bulldog. Do it. Were you not a fan of dogs in the house before this? So uh, I grew up with dogs. Um, but when I moved by myself, I didn't keep any pets since like maybe 2008. Okay. I had a cat for a little while, and that cat ran away. I was really sad about it, actually. Yeah. But um, once that happened and I couldn't locate her, I just didn't get any more pets because I liked having a clean-smelling house, and I liked not having fur on all my clothes, so that was rather nice. But uh, it's something I had to get reacquainted with once I started uh, getting into relationship realm with her. So, yeah. Yeah. It's an adjustment process. <laughs> but now I imagine the dog is both of yours at this point? And we have another one. Okay. She adopted a female, uh, and they're just always there, like a couple of sacks of potatoes. It's great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> That's like perfect for like the, the, the sitting on the couch watching some Star Wars, though, right? So I would say that. The female's great at that. Like she'll just lay there and like snore on you or whatever, drool on you, nothing big. But Stannis is if he sees you in the living room, he thinks it's time to play. Like he immediately goes and grabs his tennis ball and like puts it in your lap and is like, throw this. <laughs> now <laughs> So yeah, they're they're really different in terms of personality. Yeah. But they're great. Yeah. So you so you said uh, you guys got married on the fifth? Moved to the ninth, or you, you debuted the ninth. Yeah. Then moved. Yep. Have you done your honeymoon yet? Or was so the moving was the movie to Texas the honeymoon? <laughs> basically, <laughs> it basically was. But we did um, recently for her birthday. We we took a few days after her birthday. We went to Jamaica for a few days and had a really good time there and kind of enjoyed the nature and the beach and the drinks and uh, the food, of course, and just had a blast with that. And we'll. What we really wanted to go was Japan, but at the time, the borders weren't open, so... Right. That'll, that'll happen at some point, but for now, that was okay for what we wanted to do, and... Was that your guys' first time in Jamaica? Her first time. Uh, my second time. Okay. Yeah, I, I really like Jamaica. I've never been. Really? Never been. So, if you go there, um, there are really cool spots near the airport, um, but if you like to like a Sandals Resort or something like that... They're really cool resorts, especially uh, we went to South Coast, I believe, and had like a butler suite, and they would like drive you around the property, and really cool shops, good massage place. You could hang out on the beach and just chill, and there'd be a bar within 
walks distance. Perfect. Um, and there's, of course, little expeditions you could do while you're there. So it was a lot of fun, man. She got a blast. She wants to go back already. So. Yeah. What were some of the expeditions? Did you guys do any of those that, that, that trip? She wanted to hang out and just kind of exist because we hadn't had that time to just be together. Yeah, both of, yeah and both of you guys super busy as well. Super busy. So our version of that was very much relaxing and... You know, she's not really a beach person, and I am. I love the water. Uh, mostly, like, I, I like being on boats and whatnot. But um, she got to experience that and actually enjoyed the beach. So we just laid around and drank out of coconuts and uh, listened to music and uh, had some good food. But there was a lot of good expeditions for, like, jet skiing or going on. Like, um, they had some of the dune buggy ones where they just take you through kind of uh jungle type areas mm-hmm. um and then there's some that are tours that will take you around the island in different spots uh and then there's some places you can visit for like deep sea fishing and things of that sort swimming with a uh, like certain fish and all that stuff or with sharks if you're into that yeah, what kind of? We don't do that. You didn't do that? No, absolutely. That's not. actually something on my bucket list. I want to get I want to get one of those uh uh the, cage? the cages and go see the great whites in uh, Australia. That that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. I think in a cage I might be okay, but I don't know if they make cages for. <laughs> well, see, usually they let like a couple or like a family go in one cage. Oh, they cool. might have to get two cages, you and one, and, <laughs> and all the people that run it, and, 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 and me and the other one. Yeah, okay, I get that. As long as I have space, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, what's going on, everyone? Brando here. Haven't been around for a while because I am busy. You know, I'm working five jobs to feed 10 kids. And when it comes to dinner, I'm just looking for an easy way out. But there is a great thing that I've found to make my day a little easier. Factor Meals. Right now, I've got a black pepper and sage pork chop. I'm going to eat it right here on air with you because I want you to hear in real time how good this thing really is. So... It's got a nice little sauce on it, nice grill marks. Like this thing is ready to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 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 this is some quality, quality pork right here. The nice thing is, it's healthy. The amount of protein in this meal is broken down for me on the side of the package. I don't even have to worry about it. I know once I eat this whole thing, my macros are gonna be in balance. This is, this is what I need, this is good. Oh my God, it took two minutes for me to microwave this thing. All I had to do was sign up. Meals get shipped right to my house every week. They have a wide selection to choose from. Dude, they had dill-crusted chicken. They had chili. If you want to check it out, head over to factormills.com slash drinkswithj50 and use code drinkswithj50 to get 50% off. That's code drinkswithj50 at factormills.com slash drinkswithj50 to get 50% off. Yeah. I know, it's a mouthful, but so is this meal. So I'm going to keep eating it because, man, this is good. So, uh, d- I, again, I've never been to Jamaica, and I'm curious, you're a beach person. I, are there waves? Like, is it is it kind of like a like a surfer spot? Is there any surf there? Um, It's not really like that. Like, there are spots that can be that way. Um, at that particular resort, I would say the water was very calm. Okay. Um, there wasn't really any waves. The first time I went, I was on a cruise and just spent the day in Montego Bay. That area had waves. Okay. Nothing big. But if you want waves, my suggestion is like 
Cayman Islands or something like that. Um, okay. And the water's super beautiful there, like really beautiful. And their expedition, <laughs> first time I went to Cayman Islands, the guy has a jetpack on, and it's using the water pressure to shoot, and he's flying oh, yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Like, or, or above the water. And then there are people surfing and all that stuff. But I, I only got on a jet ski because I didn't, A, weight, weight limits. Was there, is there a weight limit on those? Because I've seen those things. Yeah. And I've wanted to do it. Because, I mean, I'm, I'm actually, I'm afraid of heights. But, like, above water, I don't have a problem for of some weird reason. Well, I mean, you can land. You think, you a think little, so? A little safer. I mean, in surfing, it does hurt. I mean, I do surf and it does hurt. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, like, I've... Are there weight restrictions? On, was there a weight restriction? There was a so, yeah. Or were, was it your own restriction? You're like, didn't trust it. Well, no. It, um, I looked at it because I was like, that is so awesome. Because the guy was doing flips and stuff. I was like, oh, my God. I want, I want, to, be, I want to be a part of this. Yeah. And then I looked, and it was like, I think it was like 230 or 250, which is a pretty, pretty stout size. Like, that's pretty respectable. But That's not you. I don't fit in that mold very well. So, you know, I was like, oh, oh. <clears throat> but it was cool to watch and like, uh, I had taken video on it, but it was a phone that I destroyed with my hand on accident. Didn't so, know your own strength. Like that was like, how do you do that on accident? Um. Okay, funny story. Uh, I say funny, it's really sad. <laughs> well, let's laugh before it gets into sadness. <laughs> so, I don't know what happened or why. I, all I know is I was getting out of the, my car, and you know, some of us aren't smart enough to put our phones in our pockets before we get moving. We have a habit to just hold it and, and, and get moving, and I started to drop it, and I had a panic because I had just broken a phone by dropping it. So I went to grab it, and when I grabbed it, I, I really gripped it. And when I gripped it, like, the, the entire screen just shattered, and um, that's when I knew that I'm slightly abnormal. That's when you realized it? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think I can crush a phone with one hand. I didn't Should think we I arm wrestle either. before you leave, though? God, no. God, no. <laughs> He's gonna break my little hand, man. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, there's been some accidents like that in the in the in the past, but um, yeah, that was an experience. And then ever since then, I started getting cases, and even with this one, it's starting to fall apart. So you know, you just gotta stop getting so angry at your phone, man. <laughs> you know? angry at myself for breaking things and <laughs> dropping shit, but you know, it is what it is. Well, speaking of phones, that's where everyone's listening to music from these days. And you mentioned, uh, we, we talked about the karaoke doing Turn the Page. You said you're a fan of, uh, of my band. What else do you listen to? I mean, like, what, uh, what, dude, what's, what's, what are some of your favorites? There's, much like uh, the thing I am called, being limitless, my, my music taste is very much limitless. I, people hate, people that have, like, strict things that they listen to hate being around me in my car or in something that I'm in control of because... My stuff bounces around from like R&B to rock to metal to J-pop to K-pop to like uh, Indian music to J-rock to uh, country. 
Like I, classical. It, it's such a wide variety of things I listen to because I just enjoy different sounds and styles and vocals. There's so many different versions of like vocal aptitude, and I just love listening to the different styles and the meshes, the mixtures. So. Everything. Like Everything. There's, not, there's not much that I don't listen to. And when unless you, it's mumble rap. I don't really care for that. Okay. What, what do you consider mumble rap? Is that like... When you can't understand um, what's being said, or they're just weird sounds. Okay. I don't enjoy that, because that's really just... Like, I, I get it. A lot of people enjoy just a beat. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But um, I really enjoy lyrics and I enjoy emotion or, or stories and songs and sometimes um, motivational stuff so it just kind of varies but if I don't understand it eh. well in that same vein then what about <coughs> like uh, like like some death metal or something where you really can't understand it some of it I can um, okay. I, I don't listen to a whole lot of death metal but I definitely listen to some, some yeah. and it's really good for lifting weights like really <laughs> good sometimes that shit will hit and I'll just be deadlifting. I'm not going to put a number out there because that sounds kind of douchey but it makes me lift a lot of weight guys like <laughs> I mean I, I don't think it's douchey when you're the size that you are like it'd be douchey for me to talk about it but <laughs> Man, the other day I put a plate on either side, <laughs> and I swear I almost went all the way down in my squat. <laughs> man's got them quarter squats. <laughs> I, I can't go it. all the way down, man. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I get it. I get it, man. Hey. Truth be told, guys, all right? This is for you, too. Astagrass is overrated. All, all right. right. I'm just going to put that out there right now. Parallels just fine. You know what we're gonna have to do? You're coming out to LA as well this next week. Most definitely. I'm just I'm just south of that in Orange County. Oh yeah. What if you walked me through one of your workouts? And I I won't do the same weight obviously, but I'll try and keep up with you on just just the just the the actual workout you're doing that day. That gives me an idea. Because <laughs> uh, I don't know. Have you ever heard of C.T. Fletcher? No. Okay, he's uh, kind of a big influence in the fitness world. Okay. Um, he has a gym. In I know, it's surprising that I don't, I don't follow the fitness <laughs> world. <laughs> well, so for, for the people that don't know, CT is a very big on motivation guy. Like, there's a lot of people in our industry or just in the fitness world in general that loves to train around him because of his energy. And his ability to make you work, like make you, he'll push you harder than you expect. But I am intending to visit him. I haven't seen him in a while, but uh, being in there, I'm probably going to get at least one lift in his gym. Now, if there's one near you, that's fine too. But uh, it might be cool to just be in the Valley of the Beast where you can see some really scary people. (laughs) Like they're terrifying. (laughs) They're all strong as hell. I'm already terrified sitting next to this <laughs> Dude, his son, like the people that go in there and lift on the regular are just all monsters. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I, that means something coming from you. Yes. <laughs> some of them, some of them are like smaller than me, but almost as strong or some are as strong as me. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. That's, that's freaking wild. Yeah. I just wonder like, I mean, 
I, I do I do work out, believe it or not. Uh, you look like you got to get in some shape, brother. What are you talking about? There he goes with the modesty I'm again. A, I'm a modest guy. I, that's, that's how you get compliments. <laughs> it's true. That's, that's very fair. Very fair. But, you know, and I have worked out, like, pretty much most of my life, you know, mm -hmm. and but never, like, I don't really lift heavy or anything like that. Sure, you don't need so to. So I'm always, like, curious as if, if I was to try that, how much pain would I be in? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it varies. Um, I think, like, I don't put people through things that I, I don't deem necessary. Like, my, my wife doesn't always like training with me because there's a certain level of intensity that I enjoy. And um, for those that have followed, you know, my situation for the past, you know, two years or so, there was a time where I couldn't do anything. Um, after I had COVID, like I basically was fighting death for like six months. Oh shit, it hit you hard, huh? Big time, but it was the it was the after effects of it. And so six months of nothing plus the effects that, that lingered, um, a lot of what I could do was not the same anymore for a long time. And I'm just getting to the point where like, I'm seeing the warm curling stuff that I used to and able to do sprints and, and, and stairs in a manner that I'm comfortable, like I feel like, okay, I'm getting back to normal now. And like the, the things that I press and squat and deadlift are all coming back to numbers and I'm like, okay, we're, we're almost normal again. And so it's like really cool to see that growth and kind of even after that fight have the, the secondary fight of trying to get back to normal. Right. It's a process, man. It's been a long time, but um, definitely, definitely way, way better or, or, you know, almost back to being what I would consider to be a super or hyper athlete, which is nice. Yeah. So. Forgive my ignorance on this. Have you always been into the, the, the lifting, the, the fitness aspect of things? Or did you play a sport before professional wrestling? Or were you, so, what, what, was that, what was that path like as an athlete? So I wouldn't say that I've always been in the lifting. Like I was like kind of naturally odd, I think would be the, like the proper way to say it. Like when I was in high school, I didn't really lift weights until I was a junior in high school. I did what I, what was needed for football because that's what I played. Okay. Um, but I didn't like chase anything. It was just lifting because I had to. And then I would be like, I don't know, picking up classmates' cars like for fun just because it was funny to me that I could do it and they couldn't drive because they only had like front wheel drive or something. If I yeah, that's up. not normal. <laughs> <laughs> I played high school football as well. <laughs> I was not lifting cars. Well, yeah. <laughs> so that was th that was the thing, right? It was like, oh, if you could do this, you should join powerlifting. And I'm like, okay. So I started that in my junior year, and uh, God, like from there, it, it led to like doing little small strongman competitions. Once I got into wrestling, like on accident, I like have a 15 minute match, and then turn around and be like, oh, you want to pull this jeep? And then I would just smoke everybody, and I'm like. Oh, okay, I guess that's weird because I don't train that stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't train to do one rep maxes or anything like that. So it's cool to to, to think about that stuff, man. It's yeah. it's just a. I liked watching like the strong strongman competitions where they like throw a gigantic keg over a wall behind them and it's shit. Crazy. Yeah. The kind of explosion you need to perform that, like time after time, and the endurance you need, it's really cardio. Yeah. But like really, really strong cardio. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I would just watch it as a kid. Like, I mean, I, I know that this sport has grown a lot, but like, mm. on days like me and my brother would like stay home from school or ditch school or something, we'd be what? Just throwing whatever's on TV in the middle. Don't of the ditch day. school, kids. 
Or you might end up like me. <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, you might end up watching uh, 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 strongman competitions. <laughs> I think I learned a lot more there than I did in school. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> American education. <laughs> what was school like for you, man? Like, I mean, aside, we already talked to, I mean, if you're lifting cars, high school couldn't have been too bad for you. I was, I mean, uh, you'd, be pre- you'd be pretty popular I in was high an school, outlier. I'd imagine. I was an outlier. Yeah. Um, some might have called me popular, but I was just that neutral guy that got along with everybody. Like I had, I was captain of a dec- academic decathlon club. Oh wow! Captain of the powerlifting team. A captain in football. Holy shit! I was friends with uh, obviously all the nerds, academic decathlon, the choir people, uh, the the people in orchestra. Um, just I, I got along with everyone and. Um, I really enjoyed that because high school was just kind of a blast for me. I didn't, I don't, I'm not a big party guy that often. I kind of pick and choose when I do, but when I party, I party. Yeah, we're going to have to do that soon. Mm, uh, Indeed, indeed, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited about that. (laughs) Yeah, I I pick and choose my times and... uh, Well, when when I get get back on the wagon, or back off the wagon... uh, (laughs) I'm gonna, whoa, 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 I'm gonna whoa, jump whoa, whoa, off whoa, whoa. the wagon with you. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's just grab hands and just jump off together. Because <laughs> I think we were talking about uh, uh, Orange before the camera rolled, and uh, monster. <laughs> I mean, these guys might be be able to attest the amount that I can consume is also quite legendary. Oh shit! <laughs> I'm gonna end up on a floor under a table somewhere. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> if I send out an SOS, you know what it means, all right? I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm going to bring a forklift with me just in case I need to carry you <laughs> wise, wise decision. Wise decision. I'm going to need it. Because, uh, yeah, dead weight human at 330? Nope, that's back problems, Not buddy. <laughs> back problems? I don't even think I could get your leg off the ground, bro. <laughs> Might be accurate shit. <laughs> Oh, man. That's hilarious. <laughs> so we're talking about high school and, and you're the captain of all these things, not just like sports. A lot of people would think, you know, just if you're in sports, you don't have the academia as well. But you're saying you had that. And then you said you mentioned orchestra. Were you, did you play any instruments? Uh, when I before high school, uh, this was in elementary, I played cello. And I played bass, violin, and a little bit of viola. A cello was actually my favorite instrument, mm-hmm. followed by piano and then violin. Um, and then very closely behind those things comes guitar, of course. But um, yeah, I was uh, rather in love with the sound of strings uh, from a very young age. And uh, I played that for a while, but. Um, yeah, once I decided to move in with my father, that was that's very much the the sports side of the family. My mother tried to keep me out of sports. Okay. And when I decided to move in with my father, um, yeah, that all changed. And then it was like, oh, there's a lot of things that come very naturally to me, and throwing people around is one of those things. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, if, if it comes natural, have fun with it, right? Right, you know? right, right. Well, right. so did you find? But did you find? Uh, 
music, that side of you, was more of a struggle or, fun, or like a fun struggle in, in some way? And then you were just like, oh, well, this just came way more natural? Or did you find you were kind of good at both? I don't know if I would describe myself as like natural. Um, I really enjoyed cello very, very much. And it took a lot of work actually because I would be told by instructors that I don't really have fingers as a, for, for, for music, both in terms of strings and in terms of piano. Like I don't have deafness or, or flexibility and whatnot. And I don't know why that is, but I could tell versus people that were extremely good how natural it came to them for the quickness and things of that sort, which was kind of weird because when it comes to other things, I'm very quick with my hands. But um, I, I, I think that I did enough to get by and, mm -hmm. and like create good music and not have mistakes or, or notes that were missed or anything like that. But I think that once I was introduced to sports, that was something I didn't get to do and I just kind of just dove in. And when I dove in, it didn't leave time because some of those things would mix in the time of, of football or, or right. things of that sort. So I made a choice at the end of the day. Kind of the same thing that happened when I got into wrestling because wrestling was always embedded in me from like five years old. And when I played college football, something clicked and that was when I made a choice then as well. Like, ah, okay, there's three or four NFL teams talking to me. I haven't even played a real game yet. I'm redshirt freshman. This mm. is cool, but this is what I want to do. So it was the same situation. Uh, I wanted to get involved in sports from a very young age, but my mother wouldn't let me because overprotective. Right. Uh, same thing happened with martial arts. Like I would be in and out of different martial arts because she's like, oh, my baby. <laughs> Some of you know how that is. <laughs> but uh, the switch to sports was so refreshing and just there's something about violence that a certain side of me really enjoys. That's probably a really unsettling thing to say. It was very unsettling for me to look you in the eyes <laughs> while you said that. <laughs> it just, I don't know, man. It like it woke up an It's animal. so funny, though, because like in between that, you, you just seem like, like, like a, 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 a very, like a teddy bear. <laughs> I get that a for lot. Most of, for most of this conversation, and then as soon as you said the word violence and looked me in the eye, I was like, oh, shit. This, this could turn sideways real quick. Not at all, man. Like, I'm a super laid back guy. Most people will attest to that. And I have a. Most people. Yeah, I mean, there are people out there that have tested the patients a little bit, but. Yeah. Ten, uh, usually I'm, I'm able to avoid hostile circumstances, and I do my best for that because. Any fight I've ever been in. I don't even know if I should say this. Eh. If, if, if it's really bad, you know, we'll make that determination after. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much every fight I've ever been in, someone has almost died, and it's never been me. Okay. So it's very scary like, yeah, to that, reach that side. With great power comes great responsibility. 
We're keeping it in. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. What kind of martial arts were you getting into as a kid? Uh, So basic stuff was like taekwondo, karate, uh, and then what I really fell in love with was Muay Thai. And it's something that I kind of relate to and kind of gotten my way back into recently. So I started some of that training, and uh, my buddy... Uh, J.D. Griffey, I mentioned him earlier. Uh, he does like point style tournaments and things of that sort. And I feel like there's a certain respect for martial arts that, and that's probably one of the reasons that I don't like fighting. Um, there's a certain respect that goes with point style tournaments where it's not about destroying your opponent. It's right. about the art itself, which is something I really enjoy. But just the training style and kind of getting back into it uh, is something that helped me, especially on that climb back to getting back to normal. Because when I first went to like just a, a cardio style version of kickboxing, mm-hmm. I was a, I was struggling. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! But before, like within two months, I was like back to normal, putting all my my hoodies on and all that stuff, and going in there and, and just. It's a great workout, though, man. Like I absolutely, I I do. I wouldn't say Muay Thai, but I do like cardio, kickboxing stuff. Oh yeah, there's a a place called Nine Round around the street from my from my house. I like to do that. But um, have you ever been to uh, a Muay Thai box uh, in in Thailand? No, so that's something I've always wanted to do. I've never actually been to Thailand, period, and it's a place I want to go. But my buddy. has been there and trained and all that stuff. Maybe you take me in for uh, the the uh, honeymoon. She wants to go. I don't think she wants it as a honeymoon, but <laughs> she wants. It's not to super romantic she, in Bangkok. Not quite. <laughs> it's it's definitely different there. But she'd want to go just for the food. Uh, it is great food. She, great she food. likes to eat, so uh, that would be a cool place. But I, I definitely want to go for the training itself and. Uh, Having some fun, enjoying the food, all that jazz. I will say, we the first time I was in Bangkok, uh, they I didn't know much about Muay Thai, and our translator that was walking us around and stuff was like, "Hey, let's go to the, the arena. There's there's a fight tonight." I had no idea what I was walking into, <laughs> and it was like a, a smaller arena, and these Muay Thai fighters are, you know, they're they're much smaller than even I am, yes. and, and and they're they're in there just pounding on each other yes. like going crazy i swear to god this may not be what they're doing these days but i swear to god their their training corners were just there like pumping them full of drugs like they were just like, them, like <laughs> oh they were just god. like hitting them to a shit in their nose in between rounds i was like i don't think that's just smelling salt guys that's terrifying <laughs> i don't know if i want to go to thailand anymore no, it's a good time it's a good time you grab a beer Sit back, and the betting on it is exactly like blood sport. Like there's a there's a there's a cage around the whole fucking thing that like there's like a gambling area. Yeah. Like you could sit normally if you're not gambling, but if you're in the gambling area, you're behind a chain link fence, and you're pushing in money to the guy taking money, just like fucking blood sport. The movie. It's crazy. And they're like, going, it is such a fucking blast, though. You, if you get a chance to go out there, you got to do it. It's so. It's gonna happen. It's gonna, especially now that you hyped it up. I'm like, shit. The other thing that's gonna happen happen with a man of of your stature walking in there, 
you're going to get bombarded with a bunch of, like, afterward, they're, they're, all the fighters are going to want to meet you. Because they even wanted to meet us afterward. And, That's awesome. And they were like, so they're going to, like, walk, you're going to have, like, these little guys walking up to you that you'll be terrified of. <laughs> even you. Because you watch it go, like, Thailand. Thailand. you're like, whoa, dude, this is fucked up. <laughs> Way to go, Thailand. You're cultured. I like it. Yes. I like it. That's awesome. It's a, it's a, it's a lot of fun out there, man. Uh, what position in football did you play, though? Oh, man. I, it's kind of like... Um, did you anything start in PB I, level or did you start in high school? No, Sorry. I started in eighth grade. Okay. So, like, just before high school. And um, I... In any sport I've played, football, basketball, even in wrestling, I've been a very versatile position person. So, uh, in football, I played fullback. I played running back. I played... Defensive tackle, nose tackle, defensive end, and middle linebacker. And those are kind of like my mainstays. I even played a little bit on offensive line, but it was just because I can run people over. Like, I don't know technique or anything like mm -hmm. that. Because those guys with their slide steps, I don't have that kind of technique. <coughs> but um, the, anything on defense and running the ball a little bit was mostly what I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was actually on the offensive line. Really? Yeah. I was peewee level. As soon as he cut his eyes, I was like, <laughs> he about to say some bullshit. <laughs> That's awesome, though. No, yeah, well, I mean, the, the, the joke, and it's not really a joke, it's the reality. I hit puberty a lot faster than a lot of people in, in, in my schools and in sports. Yeah. So at, like, 13 years old, I was this height and this size, more or less. So I was one of the bigger 13-year-olds. <laughs> wow. I see. I and then see. everyone caught up to me, and I was no longer on the offensive line. I was no longer on the team. I, um, I yeah. relate a little bit, actually. <laughs> I relate a little bit to that because, like, in my family, I may be the strongest, but I'm also the shortest. You're like, the shortest in your family. I have, um, well, my 30-year-old my brother is about my height. And, but the, the other two, there's one that's turning 27 uh, this summer, and he's about 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, and then I have a 16-year-old brother who is like 6'8". Oh. And enormous. And I want him to let me train him so bad. <laughs> for what? Well, I mean... He's playing football right now. Okay. Uh, but he's switching. He's been playing offensive line this entire time. But he's had a swap to defense, and he fell in love with it. So he's wanting to like learn some of the stuff that I used to use, and I'm like, yes, please let me show you the way. That is rad. <laughs> you have a little Padawan. Yeah, he's terrified. <laughs> he's, he's so terrified to train with me. But I'm, I try to tell him, I'm like, dude, don't worry about what you're doing versus what I'm doing. Understand that if you train with me, you will not be the same before the summer's out. Like you will be a different animal, completely. Yeah. I, I'm just and that's just, from, that's just from your knowledge of, uh, of what you did? or Just uh, training styles and knowing, you know, being educated. Because and, and, I used to lift stupidly. Like, I, I didn't understand what training was for. I just picked up heavy shit because it was fun and I could Like cars. It. Yeah. Like, it was just like, oh, I can do this. This is cool. That's it. But in terms of, like giving him knowledge to say, okay, this is how you stay healthy. This is how mm -hmm. you train for growth and, and progress rather than, uh, <laughs> I don't know, it's 800 pounds. Like, pick that up. <laughs> All right, that was fun. <laughs> See y'all later. Like, <laughs> it's just stupid, you know? 
So I'd rather uh, teach him the way to to maintain and and just grow in a in a natural and just slow way rather than just picking up shit because it's fun. Yeah. Also, at sixteen, I mean, it's still got a lot, a lot of a uh, lot of time there. Yeah. Yeah. So, so. We, when you said though you were uh, in college football and you had some NFL teams looking at you, uh, what teams were looking? Uh, at that time, it was the Dolphins, the Falcons, the 49ers, I believe, were the three teams. And okay. they would come to our practices and just kind of chat here and there and kind of check in. I'm like, guys, I'm just a redshirt freshman. But they would see what me and uh, the guy I played next to at the time was Red Bryant. Uh, I believe he plays for the Seahawks now at defensive tackle. But we used to have our offensive linemen doing up-downs for like 30 minutes because we would just be annihilating them. And it was, they hated me. Like, I got in a fight in, like, my third practice because they, like, asking me to take it easy. And I'm like, no, I'm trying to I'm trying I, yeah, to I want a spot, spot on the team. <laughs> I want to guarantee want a, a seat at the table. <laughs> yeah. Like, I the want program. To be you, you get that reference? Yeah, All absolutely. Right, that's a great movie. Yes, it's a fantastic movie. Sad, and, but great. Yeah, it's sad, but you can learn a lot, too. Yeah. But, yeah, man, like, that was... Wild times, wild times. <laughs> you want to, you want to, you want to uh, expand upon that a little bit? Okay, all right, <laughs> all right. We'll we'll reach on out there. So uh, a lot of times, you know, when you're in college, they want to protect the quarterback, and they want to. Uh, guys that are on the first team don't want to work that hard, and so they'll ask you to take it easy. But me and Red had a tendency to not because we had some shit to prove is kind of how we felt. And I swear, six plays in a row. Same move, too. It's, uh, it's a Michael Strahan move, who also got that from Reggie White, which is an out, pull the shoulder pads in, and every time I would sack our quarterback. Now, after the first tackle, I got in trouble with the coaches, so I didn't, I didn't hit him anymore, but every time I made sure they knew I was in his face. Or, or touch him to let them know, like, yeah, this is, this is it. But after that practice, those guys had to do up-downs for 30 minutes. And the next practice, we were practicing. And something happened. I think I was playing nose tackle at this time. And, and the center got mad at me and, like, tried to put me in a choke. And I'm like, dude, I'm wearing a helmet. That's not going to work very well. Right. But uh, he was trying, and another guy was trying to, like, throw hands at me while I was in this choke. And before you knew it, I had, like, undid his grip and was, like, elbowing. And, like, it was a straight-up scramble. But I haven't been, like, jumped in a long time. So it was, uh, it was a little wild. But some of the other players came. I, I, I'm going to go out and on, a, on a limb here. Was that the last time that anyone on a football team tried to jump you? Yes. Okay. First and last fight. Yeah. They didn't want any more of that. Uh, yeah. Matter of fact, they got friendly really quick after that. Because yeah. they found out that was the only way that I was going to do anything other than going hard. And mm -hmm. it took that and the coaches kind of like, hey, we don't need to go 100% or whatever. And I'm like, okay, I'm just making sure you guys understand what I'm capable of. <laughs> like, yeah, you're like, I just it. want you to know in case, in case the spot opens, I'm ready. Yeah, right? like it's not a problem. Like if our first team can't handle me, I'm sure you understand other teams will struggle too. Yeah. So uh, everything settled down after that, but yeah, it was uh, it was interesting, and some other players came and broke it up after like not even a not even two minutes. You know, yeah. it was a quick thing, but I think they understood like oh, 
this guy's a freshman, but we can't exactly like manhandle him. And yeah, I don't care if you're seniors or whatever. Like, yeah. Even at that time, I felt I was quite different, and I wanted to maintain that difference. So you felt limit- limitless already. <laughs> That's definitely a mindset that I, I. When did yeah? When did that start for? When did when did that uh, that mantra or whatever you want to call it? Uh, so I didn't mindset. really I didn't really define it as anything for a long time, but during my early days in wrestling, you know, there's there's a lot of struggle and, and rough times, and there was a point where, well, two points. One one point I was homeless for a while. And then there was another point where I was living out of my car. And in my mind, I had decided I didn't really know what it meant to be a man. And I had to make the decision to either overcome the circumstances or submit, fold. Mm. And to me, the mindset of doing something about what you're not happy about is one of the most powerful mind frames that you can carry. Mental fortitude has become something that I value above most things because with mental fortitude comes the ability to overcome said issue instead of exacerbating it. Mm -hmm. And that became very important to me. And so it's something that's been around for me for a long time, but I didn't define that until maybe uh, after two or three uh, turn downs from WWE because I had like three tryouts there and all of them were no. Hmm. And uh, if it wasn't for William Regal, uh, I don't think that I would have really figured out who I am. Uh, him and him and Dusty Rhodes. And um, after that, I was like, I feel like my ability to mentally take on things and figure out how to overcome them and then create that roadmap and follow those steps to the T, execute as best as possible. I, I could do this in a limitless manner. Like it felt like that power was limitless and I was like, cool, I think this is a great word because people would say that about what I do in the ring. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is fitting because they'll think it's about what I do in the ring. But for me, this is about my lifestyle and my mindset. So it was a really special term. Yeah. I mean that- there's a lot to unpack there that I want to go back to because that, that's really cool. Uh, you mentioned being homeless, li- living out of your car, mm. overcoming that stuff. Not even, I, I love that you're talking about the mental aspect of it because uh, I think that's, that's a huge thing uh, for people to be able to cross the bridges as they come to them and not, not, not push too far ahead or dwell on the back. You kind of got to live in the present that way and figure out whatever is happening right then and there, right? It's the same thing I say to some friends, man, because some of my associates may go through a thing and, and they'll want to talk about the thing in the past. And I'm like, listen, if you dwell on that, it's hard to look forward. It's hard to make that next step because you're too busy looking back. Mm-hmm. If you watch people in races um, or the Olympics, when they're running their sprints, most times they aren't looking back unless their lead is that big. Like they want to keep their eyes on the prize. And I feel that way about rough times in life because they're going to come, right? This is life. We're going to deal with things that are difficult. We're going to deal with things that hurt us, things that make us unhappy, things that make us nervous, things that give us anxiety. But the ability to master your mind 
and control what you're thinking and apply it to the things you want to do is a power that I think that most people underestimate. Yeah. So, yeah. Or maybe just don't um, uh, uh, put a lot of levity in it, you know, maybe. Or maybe, I, I don't know this, but everyone is made differently and mm. deals with their own brain. Yeah. But maybe they're kind of scared to deal with that. You 100%. Know? Yeah. Fear is, fear is definitely one of those difficult Self-consciousness, everything like that. And, mm-hmm. and uh, the bad side of ego. There's a good side of ego too, people. But there's the bad side of ego that like makes you think, well, I can't be doing that. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's like, no, you you can. You can do whatever the hell you want. Yeah. You only get this. You only get the chance to do it once, people. And like, well, unless you believe in reincarnation, but that's a that's, thing. That's a thing. I mean, I hope that's a thing because I would mm-hmm. like to keep coming back as, as other stuff. But it's not like you get to remember it unless you. I don't know, I just went on a, on a tangent and just looked over at my director. He's like, you're going on. <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I just, I just think about that because at the end of the day, we don't get to take anything with us. We don't, you know, whatever it is that happens, whatever you believe, doesn't matter. Um, unless you're one of the people that remembers your lives before, mm-hmm. you don't get to take that with you. So seize the moment that you got in front of you, have fun with it. Whatever that is to you, don't be scared to uh, follow that, right? Seize the day. Yeah. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got one in. That was a goal today. Oh, that was a How could I make it one. work? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there was another thing, though, that, that you mentioned there um, in, uh, in your choices and, and uh, your struggles in wrestling there. A couple of names, William Regal and, uh, uh, um, and uh, uh, Dusty Rhodes. Yes, sir. How specifically did they help you um, help you out? I mean, I've never had the pleasure of meeting William Regal. Never had the pleasure of meeting Dusty. Big fans of both of them. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> we'll start with Dusty because um, I met him fairly early on, like my first tryout, which was in 2008, about three years after I started. And... Um, yeah, basically that first meeting was him telling me how much I suck <laughs> at talking. Um, he was upset with how uncomfortable I was with speaking in front of people. He's like, you speak so well, and um, for some reason, when you get on a microphone, you don't, you don't exude that. And so he gave me a lot of pointers the first time, and then um, said, come back. After you grow some balls, basically is what he said. <laughs> did you did you agree with him yeah, at the time? Did you I, I you, did. you 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 were I, you were self aware that you needed work on the mic? I knew that I, I had a weakness to it, and it's something that I actually tried to address in high school with the uh, academic decathlon. Speech was a thing that we had to do to compete, mm-hmm. and it would be like a five minute speech. So that was something I did, not only because, okay, I'm a captain because of my mathematical abilities, but these other things might help me grow as a person. And speech was one of those things because I knew I was uncomfortable presenting things and that wasn't gonna be good later in life. <clears throat> I didn't get there because, like I, I got through the speech and everything and, and scored well, but that felt more academic as opposed to trying to present this character, which is much different, especially around all these people that you respect and admire. It's very nerve wracking. So I knew that I had a weakness there 
and I acknowledged that and owned it, and I think that's why he took a liking to me. Um, so, 2011, I came back. Uh, I say I came back. They invited me back. Then it was another tryout that was by myself. <clears throat> Instead of five days, this one was three days. And this is the one they put some of the clips in, like, um, my little 24 that they did. So it's like, clips of me rolling around with, like, Bray Wyatt and stuff mm -hmm. and, like, some silly promo I was doing. But um, there was a difference in, like, how I presented myself. But it still wasn't quite there. He liked growth and, like, my, my comfort. But there was more to, like presenting self as a star yeah and it wasn't there yet and I and I knew that but I appreciated the acknowledgement of the growth and the work I had put in and that was around the time that I started doing a little karaoke and I think that karaoke kind of helped me open up a little more and so it helped but I wasn't quite there like the presentation wasn't all there mm -hmm. the package wasn't all, all together yet and um then in 2013 was when they had that first performance center tryout where there was like 35 guys there or something like that. And I went in there and just cut loose on them. And I'm talking like cut a promo, didn't give a shit what they wanted. I'm talking about like Kingdom Hearts and like how I defeated Sephiroth on Proud Mode and just talking. Somehow I segued that into fighting John Cena or something like that. <laughs> um, and then even after that, they asked me to come back up, and then I sang a song. It was, like, really just odd stuff. Wow. And then um, it didn't, it still panned out to be a no. And at that time, that, uh, William Regal has kind of been my advocate since, like, 2008. Okay. Uh, kind of always uplifted me. And uh, after that, he's like, I, I don't know what the hell. It's <laughs> basically what he said. He's like, listen. You can't count on these guys. You need to go make your own name. And I'm like, how do I do that? Because I was wrestling ignorant in terms of, like, travel. I had been in Texas all this time. Mm. And he's like, you need to travel this nation. If you can, travel the world. Make yourself a commodity. In the, in the indie circuit, right? Yeah. And he's like, you have everything you need. They just don't see that right now. And he said, find your way. And between Dusty complimenting my growth promo-wise, and then uh, that's actually, he is where Bask in My Glory came from. Because he oh, pulled okay. me aside after that, and he was like, listen, baby. And he just says, you have a presence. Oh, don't stop the impersonation now. Oh, I'm not great at it. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, baby's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. But he basically, he straight up told me, he's like, listen, you have a presence that I can literally bask in, is what he said. And I, I had goosebumps when he said that because of who this person was that was telling me this. Oh, yeah. And he's like, take it and do with it what you will. And I said, can I make that a phrase now? He's like, how? I'm like, what if I told people to bask in my glory? He's like, yeah. Wow, that is so <laughs> And cool. so, like... After that, I, I threw it on a hoodie and just started wearing it everywhere. And man, like those two guys, and even Jim Ross doesn't remember because after that was over, I think he had an inkling that they were going to say no because you know he obviously he's, he was on the inside, way mm -hmm. inside. But he actually pulled me aside at that time and he was like, "Listen, you're a million dollar talent. 
I don't know what's going to happen here. I think he knew. But he's like, I don't know what's going to happen here. But don't give up because this business needs you. Mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't have that kind of relationship with Jim Ross. So for him to say that meant a lot as well. Yeah. But and, Dusty, he's seen, and he's seen all sorts of talent come in and out. For yes. Yes. So, so for yeah. him to eye anything was a big deal to me. But um, yeah, Dusty and, and Regal just... I think that they kept me in this because I was, after that third no, I was like, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I should have stuck with football and mm. just took all the money there. <laughs> but uh, but that's yeah, that, that's not happiness though, man. You gotta yeah, get it. it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a grind. And I think that sometimes people have to accept that there can be setbacks with the things that you love. But if you put in the work... It's so fulfilling. Right. Like, there's almost nothing like it. When you find that success, when you take enough no's, or, or hell no's in some cases, and you find that one yes that says, okay. I, and I remember in 2016, like the back of my hand, that was my first time going to the East Coast. And I had a match with uh, people would know him as T-Bar now, but... Forever and ever, his name is Dijak, damn it. Right? <laughs> and I had a match with him, and ever since yeah. that match, dude, nothing's been the same. I'm talking like, started traveling internationally and everything else, and it just changed the projection of everything. So, yeah. Long journey, but I, worth it. So we, we talked about a little bit of the promos and one of the <laughs> ultimate goats in Dusty for, for a promo. I mean, even just your... You're saying, yeah, like the way he would have said it. I mean, that gives me chills. I'm like, that, that, that's, that's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, dude. But you mentioned like being around your, your peers, basically, when you were cutting the promos and being uncomfortable about it. Mm-hmm. I just had a question on that, like on a more, on, on a some level. Do you feel way more pressure when you're around your peers than the, than the, than the crowd? And I ask that because for me in my, in my band, with my bandmates, I've always been more self-conscious in the small confines around my bandmates than taking it out anywhere else. I'm very confident everywhere else, but when I'm with my peers, that's when my self-consciousness comes in. Yes, because I feel like for most people, and, and, and this could be an assumption, who knows, but this is just my guess from thinking objectively. There is a connection and an energy that you get to share with the audience, the fans, the crowd, these people that value what you're doing as opposed to people that see this from the business side mm-hmm. or, or in the case of professional wrestling, people that view you as competition. Right. Very different. And I think that goes the same with even other forms of entertainment, whether it's acting or music or art. People that do what you do can spot the mistakes you make mm-hmm. and you know you never know what they may be thinking or, or if they have it out for you or they want your spot whatever it may be so it can be a little nerve-wracking and they don't give that same energy as the people that value what you do and, and they come to see what you do and they're cheering and there's all this energy and, and there have been matches I've been in dude that have been 30 40 minutes and People, how do you not get tired? I'm like, dude, do you hear what's going on out there? <laughs> You're <laughs> like, not thinking about that. <laughs> it's so different. Yeah. Like, 
it's not like, I mean, yeah, I can go do like steady state cardio for 45 minutes, an hour or something, but the intensity that's in there versus what they're giving you energy wise and their love and their passion, like that stuff that I value so much and I have so much gratitude for. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five-star review. If you want to listen to this show ad-free, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests, discounts on merchandise in our shop, and access to our private Discord server where you can chat one-on-one with Johnny Christ himself. Awesome! So stay tuned, stay thirsty, and stay filthy as fuck. That it's kind of cliche when people say like I couldn't do this without you, but I literally feel that way when it comes to the crowd. And so, yeah, yeah easily way more self-conscious with just the people that do what we do versus the people that appreciate what we do. Yeah, way different. Of course, yeah, I, I, I like that you touched upon that a little bit too. And with the energy that you feed off of a crowd, that's one thing I can empathize with as well. Of um, one thing I didn't have to do, though, we were, we were taking our time off anyway. We, we were ahead of the curve and decided to uh, take a break before the pandemic. Mm. So <laughs> we, 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 we were trendsetters in that and decided <laughs> we were going to cancel the tour way before COVID was going to do that to us. So uh, how was, I know you were in the, in, the, in the, what was it, the Thunderdome for most, Thunder for most of them. Yeah. I remember as a wrestling fan when... They announced that they were going to do that. I was like, how is this really going to look? That's fucking, that sounds really fucking weird. And then when I saw it, and it was in the middle of the pandemic, I was like, well, that's kind of that's, as good as you could fucking do it, really. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's, yeah. There's not so much. I kind of feel like the Black Mirrors thing, though. Like, <laughs> have you watched so, that show? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I feel like this. Um, because when that first, that whole thing happened, I was still in NXT. Mm-hmm. And I will remember that match forever because. When there's no crowd there, everything hurts even more. <laughs> Everything's painful, but when there's nobody there for you, like taking this, you don't have that beating, rush, right? You don't have that adrenaline rush. It's that you so brutal. Get. Wow. I, I will forever remember it because it was a it was a triple threat between myself and Dijak and Damian Priest. And the first time I got knocked down, I was like, "Oh, this is gonna be a long. Oh my god." <laughs> it's gonna be a long match. <laughs> this is brutal, man. And like the first, you know, that first time I got knocked down, it's like, okay, we need to get this shit together. This is gonna be a whole. It's gonna be a ride. <laughs> but yeah, this way different without them. And uh, going up to main roster and being in the actual Thunderdome helped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it's a little overwhelming, like being surrounded by these screens and whatnot. But um, it's, it's, there's nothing like having a crowd or an audience there. Like, it's very different. And that rush, as you mentioned, is kind of like what I thrive on, so. It's, I think it's hard to describe that side of it. A lot of people ask, like, uh, for me, like, people will ask about that, uh, what do you love about being on the stage and everything? It is that energy. It's hard to describe to someone, I find it very difficult to describe to someone what that, feels like without having been there. I don't I, I just don't know what how you put it into words. Yeah. Like it's 
you call it a rush because that's just the easiest way to do it, but it's like you actually feel something that's beyond an adrenaline rush. Yes. For me, it's, it's, it, it's something like almost like breathing at a certain point. It's just, it's, this is how I live my life. Yeah. When you're in that moment, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like adrenaline can come, like it's going to come, right? It's going to happen as you get into what you're doing, but, or even like, when I first got knocked down, that first shock of pain was like, oh, we got to turn on the sensors, buddy, because <laughs> this is going to be a little painful. Yeah. But um, having it, when you hear that crowd, like, just embrace you. Basking in your glory. That, yes, well said. I got you back. I got you back on that one. <laughs> He's clean with it. <laughs> He's clean with it. Yeah, man. That that just it sets the tone for what you're doing and gets you hype and excited for the story you're about to tell and whatnot. And it's just yeah. Well, let's talk about what's happening this weekend that we're here for. Yes. This is this is huge, man. I mean, we're we're in front of a Vegas crowd. Third time, Tony has already been yelling forever. He's coming back here every time for double or nothing. Wise man. <laughs> Wise man. Yeah, I love Tony, man. He's 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 a great he's a great hype man for for it out there, which is yeah. That's not something you see in an, in an owner very often. Yeah, he's like a little kid, man. <laughs> oh, he just loves it, man. I've had conversations with him. He gets about out there wrestling. with the microphone and stuff, and he's just like, it's so fun to see. The camera's like always like in this angle on his face, and he's just standing there with the microphone like. And it's always intense. Thank you. <laughs> let's go. As he, as he exits, and I'm like, hell yeah, man, let's yeah. go. Yeah, I'm fired up. Idea pumps you up, right? <laughs> I, love, I love his love for this sport. You yeah. Know, you, don't, you don't see that all the time these days. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You know? But it is, it is awesome. And it, it is awesome to me to hear that it's going to keep coming. It makes sense. Double or nothing has to be in fucking Vegas. It's great. It's a great, it's a great, uh, Great time. It's going to be at T-Mobile Arena on Sunday. Dude, this three-way tag match, I am so fucking excited about. It's like the, the three teams in it. You got, you got the powerhouses, not just Hobbs, but the bigger guys. And, and then you got the, the agile in, in, in your, t- your partner, Swerve, Jungle Boy, and, and Ricky Starks. Yeah. It's a real fun juxtaposition on, on everything. Not to leave out Luchasaurus either. But, uh, you know, it's, I love these teams' dynamics, and yeah. I just can't wait to see how you guys put it all together in that three-way tag match. It's going to be a mesh of so many different styles, and um, I'm both excited and terrified because there's so much unpredictability, mm-hmm. right, when you have six guys in the ring at once, and it's a championship-level match because everybody's going to put it on the line. Like, they're going to go harder than normal and do whatever they can to pull out the W for their team. And uh, myself, I haven't been in like a tag team that competed at this level since like Ring of Honor. Mm. So um, obviously, you know, big fan of Swerve and I want to do everything in my power to assist him in kind of getting capturing that first piece of gold. Uh, for both of us, you know, yeah. we, we're both super new here. Uh, yeah. He actually came in after me, so he's been here even less time than me, so he's making some big moves, and hopefully we can make it happen, man. But I already know that <laughs> everybody's going to step it up, and not just, like, in terms of a cliche. I'm talking, like, 
there's got to be statements made for people. There's got to be points made, and and I I damn sure have a chip on my shoulder because yeah. So the uh, there are I don't pay attention to the internet myself, but I do have associates that sometimes send me things like that. Some people would say like, "Oh, Keith Leak is not capable of this anymore," and I'm like. Wait, you don't you know who the that? hell are you talking about? Oh, I like this. <laughs> like, I don't think people understand. Like, there's there's an art to this in order to keep the things that I do special. Mm. Doing them all the time makes them no longer special. Right. So when I pick and choose, it's a special moment. And so what you're saying is we're about, to see welcome. Some we're about to see some special moments on Sunday. 100%, yeah. It's, it's pay-per-view, baby. Like. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm, I'm excited. So we, I mean... This is probably since you came to AW, as you said, it's, it's been a short time since February. Yeah. We're only in May. This is, got, this is pretty much the biggest, the biggest match you've had so far. Definitely. This, I mean, it's the first championship match that I've had and I'm, and I'm going to be a part of. And, you know, I want to, I want to, I got to step it up, A, because obviously I want to be a champion. Yeah. But, but B, like, you know, I, I got through one pay per view and it's like, cool. There was some crazy stuff in there, like, I never before seen stuff. But, you know, this is a championship match. I don't think people understand the difference. And and they don't understand, like, you can't give everything at once. Yeah. Like. That's interesting, though, because fans do think they want everything at once. Or they want, it, they do it in music, too, man. Like, they want, like yes. they want the same, they, they want something new, but they want it to be the same somehow. They want yeah. it this way, but it's got to go that way. Yeah. You want it all the time, but I still want my breaks. It's like. Can you just let me do what I do? <laughs> no way, man. They gotta be in the back seat, like writing notes. Like this is how you should actually do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. How long have you been doing music? I don't, but I've been listening. For a long time. <laughs> I've been listening for a long time. When's the last time you got in the ring for a championship belt? I never. Never. Uh, I used to train. Like, it's not the same. No, like, no, we're not. This, this you not you can run. Anyone can run the ropes, and some of y'all, you know, if you ran the ropes, you'd end up with bruises on your back. But it's being in there is so different, and and people can't understand the difference in the science of someone my size doing the things that I do, and the amount of strength and or explosion it takes to do what I do. Like yeah. it's. I think I think a lot of people might just take that for granted, though. You know, if they. That's why I do it so rarely. Now. Yeah, it's because I mean, like it is. It is amazing to see. It is. It is not. It is. Uh, as you said earlier on, you're 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 not normal. <laughs> I learned. I learned. <laughs> so it is interesting for the rest of us normies to be able to see <laughs> something so incredible. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited for this match this weekend. Obviously, this is going to air afterwards, so you can tell me who won. <laughs> Just kidding. We'll, 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 we'll revisit this, put it in post. Put it in post. <laughs> I, I guess. I'll give you a call. And we'll we'll, we'll yeah. follow up on that. Yeah, you guys got my number now. Let's yeah, reach yeah, on out. Yeah, yeah. We'll be like, hey, um, it's either going to be like, we did it, baby. <laughs> or it's going to be... Sorry, dog. <laughs> we tried our best. I'm, I'm laying on a, on a, on the dog's table with ice. <laughs> I love it, man. So uh, we were supposed to have you on with Swerve 
Yeah, yeah, he, he had a conflict, so we're, he's coming on later tonight. Yeah. Uh, you want to give him a little message of, of, of something I got to tell him to, to set up for, uh, for our chat later? Uh, tell him um, to continue thinking about the, the new double team move where we, where we throw people um, with, with, with attacks and, 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 and the catapult and uh, a big bang thing happened after, something like that. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna ask him all about that. <laughs> yeah, right, seriously though, we are actually trying to come up with a new tag team maneuver. Oh, do some damage. I love it. Nothing oh. out, nothing outpaces the fall from glory, the power bomb stomp. But um, it's good to have a, ta a good tag need, team finish. Though. We need, we need, we need, we need more ammunition. It's too much, too much, too much competition out there. So yeah, yeah do it is. I, I will say we've been talking. Uh, to a few different people and uh, us just as wrestling fans here in Vegas, like, when you really think about the tag team division in AEW right now. It's nuts. It is fucking stacked. It's bananas. <laughs> I don't know how the hell we got to the top like top five ranked teams. I have no clue, but here we are. Yeah. And it's afforded us this opportunity, so let's make it happen. Oh, I, I, I absolutely love it, man. I appreciate your time. Hell yeah. Thank you very much, man. Thank You're, you. You've been, you've been awesome to talk to. And I uh, hope we can continue this friendship and, uh, and, and keep things going. Absolutely, bro. Oh, man. Absolutely. So, everyone, thank you guys so much. Check out more of Keith Lee, The Limitless, Basket is Glory. And until next time, as always, cheers. Peace. And that'll just about do it for this week's episode of Drinks with Johnny. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Keith Lee for being on the show. And damn it, just being himself, man. It was so fucking awesome to have this conversation and uh, make a new friend which is kind of just one of the perks of doing this show i'm having so much fun guys please if you're listening right now make sure you are following us everywhere including right here on the podcast leave a rating and review as it said earlier in the commercial man this is just so much fun for me i am such a big wrestling fan getting to know these guys befriending them it's just been a real honor, and uh, I couldn't be doing it without you guys listening. So, again, I want to thank you guys. I will be doing a follow-up with Keith Lee uh, later on this week, so make sure you tune in for that one as well. And while you're at it, go ahead and tune in to TBS this Wednesday for the special Dynamite Blood and Guts. Really looking to, really looking forward to it, rather. Uh, Going to see some, uh, some pretty crazy matches, I imagine, including something with Chris Jericho. So uh, that's what I'll be doing all week. Until next time, as always, cheers. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I feel like the Get down! The wrath of the buzzer. WMMS Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. PROH Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, Peer Pleasure has it all. Check us out now on Sound Talent Media.